Okay, we are in Sefer Malachim Aleph, Perik Zion, Pasuk Aleph, Bes Beso Bono Shlomo Sorcius Reishono. So we have seen we have finished the interior, the exterior of the base Hamikdash. Notice that we have left out a very important component, and that is the Kalim. The utensils. We're going to come to that about midway through the parrot, but very important part. But now we are going to turn our attention to Shlomo's own personal palace. So we begin on parrot Zion Pasakala, Vespeso Bono Shlomo Shlosh Esrei Shona by Yochal is called Beso. He took him 13 years and he finishes his whole house, which is singular, but is really meant to be in the plural. So let's first take the fact that he took 13 years, the, the, uh, it's very easy to comment, sure, he did, Besamiktos was seven years, but his own house was 13 years. Don't fall into that trap, because the Mephorshim are nearly unanimous that this is to his praise. Let me just read you that first Rashi. When it was time to do the base on Mikdash, he didn't waste a minute. He did not drop a day. He did it day in, day out. But when it came to his own house in the Shalonis Alo, that he took his time. There were delays, there were gaps, there were etc. Um, and so this is to his um, everlasting praise that he took the Kaddish work was much more seriously than his own house. Secondly, it says by Yachal is called Beso, his house. It was not a singular house, it was a compound, as we're gonna see. It consisted basically of three parts, his own palace, his um, building of what we would call a summer house, as we're gonna see, a summer palace, and also a special house for his wife who was Basparo. We're not gonna see any details on Basparo. So we begin by even a spice yar halvonon. There is the forest of Lebanon. It was not in Lebanon. In fact, it's right near Yerushalayim. It was called the forest of Lebanon because of the cedar trees around it. And if you read the Radak, let me read it to you. Uh, near it, it seems to me, says the Radak, he minhog hamlochim hoya bezmanahu, it was their custom, Lidnot base hayar, they built their summer house in the forest, or near a forest, lehiskarer shom bimehakai, it's literally to keep cool in the months of the summer. Ushlomo bono biyar, shehaya yodua be'eretz Yisrael nikro levanon. It was called levanon. And of course, he, as Radak says, he spared no expense, built it with cedar of Lebanon trees, as we're going to see, etc. So the Yarhal Banan was his summer house. Uh, again, 
if you've got the art scroll, some of these, it might be helpful to consult the diagrams as we go, uh, because what do they say? A picture is worth a thousand words, and these get very complicated with the cubits and the amos and the tzvachim. So, um, he builds the house. The important thing to remember, it is designed to keep him cool in the summer, the summer palace. It's built, as we're going to see, on stilts. It is designed for cross-ventilation. The windows on both sides of this massive structure face each other exactly. The doors face each other exactly. It's open, wide open spaces to uh, admit the breezes in the hot Jerusalem summer. So he builds Yahalbonon Mea Ama Arko. It is a hundred cubits length and Pramishan Ama Rako 50 wide and 30 Komoso Al Arba Ture Amude Al Razim. As we said, it's mounted on four stilts, as it were, Uchusos Al Razim Al Amudim. And it was covered. Uh, with beams of cedar on the pillar. In other words, it was all made. The pillars were supported by that massive uh, cedars of Lebanon. And there were windows. And again, as we've said, these windows, three rows each, each window was opposite the other, and it, all the windows, the three banks of windows, faced each other directly, as we've said, for the purpose of cross-ventilation. And the entrances and the posts were square like the window, and each window was opposite, as we say, the window. And as Ulam Ha'amudim, Ulam is a uh, porch of pillars that were Hamishim Amo Erko, Shloshim Amo Rachbo, Ulam Al-Penehem, and the pillars were uh, mounted before them. In other words, they, well, they were on top of the pillars. Remember, we said that a um, um, cubit measurement is what we would call would be approximately uh, 24 <coughs> feet. And there were thick beams before them. He said that he made a porch for the throne. This is now we're reverting to his regular palace where he designed it to make a porch of judgment. That was very important to him where he would judge disputes and arguments and that too <coughs> Was Vesukul Be'eres Me'akarka Adakarka. The beams of uh, the cedar trees from one side of the floor to the other. Uveso, uh, that, and in his home, Asher Yishev Shem Chotzer Ha'acheres Me'beso Ulam Kemase Hazeh, Hoya Ubayis Yaseh. It was done again, his house, beam to beam, and Bas Paro, what he did for Bas Paro. Who he had taken as a wife of the Asher Lakach Shlomo to Ulam Hazer was just like this porch. It was a duplicate. They, they use the word hall in, in the art scroll, not porch, hall. Hall, an entrance, like an yeah. Ulam. Or, I mean, like, yeah. Maybe like a, like a you know. 
porch there would be an entrance. But all right, yeah, but that's what an ulam yeah. is. An ulam is like in the base on Mikdash, which was a call Ela Abanim Yikaros. All of these were precious stones. Kemidas, Gozis, it was hewn stones, which were more expensive. Megrurus, but Magrera, uh, sawed with saws within and without. Uh, and from Umimsad, from the foundation, Ad uh up to the roof. And from the Atom, Hacer, Hagadola, it was covered with hewn stones. And the foundation, and you saw Avonim, which you don't even see, was done with precious stones, mi Avonim Yekaros, Avonim Gedolos, Avonim Eser Amos, Avonim Shmona Evers. You're talking about stones of 10 cubits and stones of 8 cubits each. Uh, and above them, Umimala Avonim Yekaros, Kemidos Gozis Eros. It was with precious stones, uh, according to the measures, how they fit into the hewn stones and cedar, the Chatzer Hagdola Sabib, the great court, which we said was where he would do judgments. Sabib Shlosha Vaturim does this again. Yun stones, Turkusas cut beams, Arozim of cedar, Ulachatzer, and for the inner house, the Chatzer Beis Hashem Hapimis Ulam Habayas. And for the inner court of the base, I mean, same thing the way the base Hamikdash was made. So you can see no expense was spared. This was very lavish. This was, again, the summer palace was designed for, um, you know, ventilation, etc. And for the summer heat, the regular palace was designed where he could hold judgment, hold courts. But again, in both, as well as the um, Basparo house, nothing was spared. So now we come to the utensils, the kalim. Vayishlach HaMelech Shlomo vayikach eschiram mitzor. He gets chiram from Tyre, from Tsar. This is not, again, emphasized, not the chiram Melech Tsar who was so helpful in his building the base Mikdash, and who was a dear friend of his father David, and gave him all the materials and the workmen. No, this is a Jewish individual named Hiram Tsar. Continues Ben Isha Almonahu, he was the son of a widow, Mimate Naftali, from the tribe of Naftali, but Aviv Ishsori Choresh Nechoshes. His father was a, lived in Tyre, he was a coppersmith. Um, and he, I'm sorry, his father was a man of Torah, he is a coppersmith. And he had the Yimalei es ha-chachma, the es ha-tfuna, the es ha-das, la-asos kol melacha He could do anything as a craftsman, but he had the wisdom, the understanding, and the skill. Now those words, adri chachma, tfuna, and das, we have seen before. And it is not a coincidence, we have seen it used to describe B'tzalel, those same, very same adjectives, and we know what a brilliant craftsman he was in the Mishkan. Here, despite he has other skills, he is confined by Shlomo to Nechoshes. For some reason, is what Nechoshes wanted, he wanted copper for the Kalim, and he had immense understanding uh, 
And so he comes to show by Yavo El Hamel Shomo sends from Shomo by Yas Eskomalachto, and he does all the work. Interesting thing. Shlomo, of course, is from the Shevet Yehuda. The Mephoshim say his father was Naphtali, his mother was Dun, from the tribe of Dun. Moshe, of course, is from the, the, the tribe, I'm sorry, Betzalel is from the tribe of Yehuda, and his top craftsman, his assistant Oliav, is from Dun. So in both the Mishkan and the Bias, you have a teamwork between Yehuda and Dun, and that is no accident. Yehuda, of course, is the most prestigious shavit, the mightiest, most respected shavit. Dun is the lowest. Dun has the fewest people. They were the worst fighters. Um, they just are at the bottom of the hierarchy of, of Shvatim. And yet, in both cases, what the Torah is telling us, you must have the Yehuda, the mighty, and you must have the Dun, unified if there's to be a shriyas hashchina, if there's supposed to be the presence of Kaddish Baruch Hu, and that the unity, the achtas of Bnei Yisrael can only occur when you have the top of Yehuda and the bottom of Dun. It's a very beautiful drasha. In any case, back to Hiram of Tyre, by Yitzhar Shnei Now, one of the first things he does is two giant pillars of copper, uh, they're 18 um, cubits each. You can tie a 12 uh, cubit thread, as it were, around just to show its width. And he made, so he does two. He puts on top of these pillars. Um, these ornaments, these crowns, the crowns of Chamesh Amos Komas Hakasaras Echaz, Chamesh Amos Komas Hakasaras Hasheni, on the top of one tower, five cubits, on the top of the other, and there's Shvachim Mase Shvachim, nets of uh, chained work, and um, there were these, these, on top of those were crowns, and each one was seven Amudos. Uh, he makes each of the pillars two rows around. There was two rows of network that were on each part of the pillar near the top. Uh, and he decorates them with rimonim, with pomegranates. These two giant pylons, pillars, and where he puts them is in the ulum. And we'll see the Chesaros Asher Arosha Amudim Maseh Shishan Ba'ulam Arba Amos. Again, there was works of flowers, lilies on each one, and there were chapters. Again, these crowns above the two pillars, uh, and again, the artwork was just intricate in terms of Rimonim. Two hundred of them in rows upon each of the crowns. And so by he puts them up, there's your ulam, the entrance to the hechal. Remember we have said that the ulam was a feature of the bias Rishon that had no counterpart in the Mishkan. It said Shlomo put it in, and again we stress Shlomo did not do this on his own. You assume that there was Ruach HaKodesh or direct instructions or... Um, 
a prophecy for Navi came to him and he did this ulam really on his own. And he called one of them Yachin, Boaz. One more, the right one's Yachin, the left one was Boaz. Yachin stands for Muchan, it's ready, it's set. The, the, the ark is, the tefillah is set, and Boaz owes strength. And so upon Brimah, they were mighty, mighty structures. By Al Rosh Amudim, Maseh Shoshan, Betahom, again, Meleches Amudim, the artwork was just incredible. And now he comes after those two imposing pillars. By Yases Amudzak, Eser Ba'amam, Mishpatu Al Swaso, he makes a sea, a yam. It's called the Sea of Shlomo. What it is, is a giant circular mikvah. Uh, they say that it's the same thing, you use the same formula for pi, the circumference to the yeah, center is 3.14, or very close to it. And the purpose was that the Kohanim would be table there. Problems with that is that the Kohanim couldn't get into the U, if they were Tame, they didn't bathed in the thing, they were doing the chatzer. So a mikvah there, and out in the open, the question of tzniyas, so there are many questions the Mephoshim raise, and we will get to them. But under the brim, under the, this round, giant circular pool, were um, uh, pipes with, with like fountains that stood, there was a, a bima supporting the mikvah, and it stood on 12 oxen. In other words, they were a representation of shorim, of oxen. Each one looked, three of them in each direction, three looking north, three looking west, three south, three east, and they set that giant pool on the oxen. The oxen were used to drain, as we're going to see, the water. It would come out of the pipe, and then they would replenish it with new water. It was wrought like the brim of a cup, again, with flowers of lilies, and it contained 2,000 measures of water. By Yasesamachonis, he made 10 bases of copper, uh, four by three in its height, and the bases was what transported the water. Uh, and again, on the borders was just very intricate artwork. Uh, and there were lions, arroyos, lions, bucker, cattle, oxen, and kruvim. Again, those ever present kruvim on the ledges. Is, this is in the Beit Migdash. It's what? This is in the Beit Migdash. No. This is his personal This is the mikvah. Okay, in his house. Uh, the mikvah would be, no, no, you are right, the kalim, yeah. yeah, we're talking about some mikdash. Right, so, the, so the, 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 the pillars, the columns are also in the beta mikdash, so you... Yes, see. yes, this is all the work of Hiram of right. Tyre. We, we switched it wasn't back. Clear that it, yeah, that we it switched. switched the focus from his homes to the base on mikdash. Um, and again, each of these things had four copper wheels. Why? And the purpose is 
to make them mobile for the Kohanim to wash their hands before they did the Avodah. At the side were wreaths. Uh, and again, on the mouth of each fountain, again, the artwork, the cubits, the engravings, the board, they were very fancy things. And they went on wheels. They were mobile so that you could bring them to the Kohen. So the four wheels were underneath, and they were on the base, again, a cubit and a half. So, Lamed Gimel, Umaseho, Famim Kemase, Ofen Hamerkava. The wheel work was like the wheel of a chariot, with their uh, spokes were all molten with the artwork, and there were four at the corner of each base were of the base itself. In other words, you had like a fountain, like a faucet there, where the Kohanim could wash their hands. Um, and he put again on, <clears throat> on all of these rubim, lions, palm trees, etc., with reefs. And he made 10 of these, uh, again, each of the same size. And he made 10 layers of, of uh, lavers or sinks. Was, this was separate from the, they were sinks, each containing 40 measures, which is the same measure in a, in a mikvah. And each one was four cubits, one on top of each other. And he sets five on the right, five on the left, um, so that the Kohanim, when they came in, could in fact do the rechis. So before Duchnin, that's where we get the minot from. So now, um, we are going to leave what now is going to come and we're going to go into a little more detail what Kiram actually accomplished in these Kalim. Uh, as the problem is that the Kalim did not survive. So we're using like artist representations, but it's pretty accurate, they say. But in, in other words, these key contributions were those enormous columns was that enormous mikvah, was the moving lavers, etc., and the sinks that were stationary on both sides of the ulam. So we will pick it up tomorrow, finish this off, and we get to the really the only thing that's left undone, and that is the bringing in of the Aaron Kodesh and the dedication of the bias, 8.45 a.m. tomorrow.